Welcome to Paul Mort Talk Shit. Curious fellow, but I like him. Paul Mort Talk Shit. Paul Mort Talk Shit. Paul Mort Talk Shit. He's a shady character. What's his name? What is going on? It's me, Mr. Paul Mort, your host at Paul Mort Talk Shit. This week's episode, we are joined by my good friend, um, Ellie Mackay, only the third ever female to join us. And one thing that I'm going to say about Ellie is that she is impressive. Whether you're a man who's going through some stuff right now, maybe actually looking to get into property, or you're a lady that wants to be inspired, then you're going to dig this one. Hey, it's me again. It's uh, it's Paul Moore, ready with another episode of Paul Moore Talk Shit. Today, I'm talking shit with the one and only Ellie. Should I say Mackay or Mackay? Mackay. There you go. I knew it was Mackay. <laughs> Mackay Brows. We're here with Ellie Mackay Brow. Ellie, welcome to uh, Paul Moore Talk Shit. Thank you for having me, Paul. Are you excited? excited? Loving the podcast you do. It's all right, isn't it? It looks phenomenal. It's all right. All right, I'm going to get straight down to it. Yeah. Um, This property thing. <laughs> that you're in this property game that you're in um, how the fuck did that come about because you're a bit of a I've heard you're a bit of a baller in the property industry me and Ellie are in the same mastermind I've been on Ellie's mastermind I'm sorry I've been on her podcast but we've never sat down and had a big deep conversation about your business and what it is that you do and we've been desperate to get women on yep. um, so this property thing what's the fucking deal with it like how did you get into that where you're at right now what are you up to right now well, come at me yeah, so what, what's quite interesting about it, Paul, um, is that we got into property back in 2006 when I was mm-hmm. in my early 20s, mm-hmm. and I'd love to give you some... What were you doing before then? Uh, well, so I was in quite a high-performance sales job. Mm-hmm. At one point, I had 100 people working underneath me, so yeah. I was doing quite well. Um, then I pretty much, through personal reasons, my sister was quite unwell, mm-hmm. I, I left that and went mm-hmm. to the, the comfort of a sort of nine-to-five. Yeah. I was in a quite a low-level 16 grand a year job, ended yeah. up needing to get a second job just to make ends meet. Yeah. We were always quite entrepreneurial. Yeah. We always kind of knew we wanted more. Mark this was, you and your husband, right? Mark, my husband yeah. and I, he was an electrician. Yeah. Um, at the time, he was still working for the company he did his apprenticeship with. And yeah. We just started to feel that there was more to life. So we yeah. did what any young budding entrepreneurs do and we sat there and Googled to get rich quick. Really? Yeah, yeah, we did. Shit. Yeah. And it was literally. Hey, well, you didn't end up selling herbal life, which is good. <laughs> Yep. There is time. There is time. <laughs> um, but, but we basically, uh, we went balls deep into a property development. We bought it off plan. We did very little due diligence. We allowed ourselves to be sold a dream. Um, we bought a property that for 125 grand, it was due to be worth 190 on completion. Um, of course, things don't work out like that. The development got flooded. The recession hit. It was then worth 60 grand. We had something like uh, three or four months to come up with 40 grand. Otherwise, you were coming after our assets, which for Clarity was a second-hand like Volkswagen Polo in the the house that we lived in. It was yeah. probably worth about eighty grand, but we were massively out of our depth. I, I pretty much had a, a full-on breakdown um, with everything that happened, and um, yeah, was quite happy to retreat to the normal my normal job, which was working at this point as a careers advisor, working in prison, helping people. So got nothing. Oh shit! To, yeah, I nothing didn't to know this. Yeah. So this is what I'm hearing. We had this job. We thought, let's have a go at this property thing. Yeah. You tried to do it, just you two on your own, no advice, no help, yep. no coaching or anything. It failed spectacularly. Yeah. And then you went back and... So basically... You went. You, you kind of went back to the safe. 
I, I pretty much had the safety. A, yeah, I, I had a breakdown. There's no two ways about it. And it was only years later that we returned to property. Oh, it, was it? Yeah. No. Uh, so, so we didn't just die straight back no, in. No, 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 fuck no, this. no. It was I, a fuck I, this I, shit. I, I was broken. Really? I, I was stopped. I was not unstoppable. I was stopped in my tracks. And um, yeah, I just wanted to know how much I was earning every month. My my risk profile was completely wiped out. Yeah. And it was only through years of seeing Mark. Mark then set up his electrical business. Yes. Seeing him leaping out of bed on a Monday morning, full of energy, full of passion, full yeah. of enthusiasm. Yeah. I was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yes. Like my alarm goes off and I'm just thinking, oh, for God's sake, yeah. here we go again, you know, back to the, back to the grindstone sort of thing and that was my mentality if I saw him with his laptop out this was long before we had kids in an evening I'm like you're missing out on Love Island or the Real Housewives of Cheshire or like surely that's not better than sitting on your laptop he was like this is my passion it's my purpose and yeah it was through years of watching him do that that I started to get my little passion igniting again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then what was the next step Oh, well, so this is where you have your Hollywood moment, isn't yeah, it? You're like, yeah. you commit, you make your decision. Yeah. Um, no, it didn't really work like can I, that. Can I, uh, uh, can I throw in another question here? Because yeah. because was there any time, and this is for, for my guys listening, because for, for a lot of guys that I work with, they seem to be, they make the mistake of trying to fix their partner. And the partner likes a little complaint. The guys are like, oh, they start giving them advice. And then it ends up, was Mark ever lecturing you or preaching here about that maybe you should give this a go or anything like that? Or was that just a... No. Because um, it seems like he was doing this thing and he acted like a bit of a lighthouse and you were like, I want some of that. Is that what went? I mean, it was probably a lot more gradual than that. Mm-hmm. So for quite a while, I was thinking, you know what it's like when you're an employee? I was looking at uh, working in the prisons with <sighs> I the can't civil remember that. It's a long time. Like, oh, 20 years for me. Well, see, for me, it's only three and a half years. I'd only ever been an employee. I didn't know any different. So, the, the, oh, hang on a second. Did you just say you've only been doing what you do right now for three and a half years? Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. I shouldn't probably say that to a podcast guest, should I? Oh, it's okay. That's mad. All right, let, let's... Wow, I thought you'd been going much longer than that. No, so... I, right, we, we, we Mate, had, so what you've done in the last three and a half years is fucking insane. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. That's mad. Yeah. Jesus. Okay, let's rewind again then. <laughs> So Mark set up this electrical company, he's firing you up, you're like, fucking hell, I want a piece of this. Yeah, so I'm seeing him and his business partner, they've worked together now, he's also a business partner with us in the property business, yes. we've, we've got a few businesses, but yeah. seeing how they, they kind of evolved, they went from, they were always earning good money as sole traders, by, by, you know, we're based in the north of England, 50, 60 grand a year, maybe 70 grand a year, yeah. but to get that they had to work away, they had to work long hours, it came at a cost, and the natural evolution was, well, how do we get that amount? of money but we, we can work a little bit closer to home or you know and, and it was natural evolution getting a couple of apprentices and what have you bit by bit this was happening no business training just a couple of soul traders that are trying to better themselves yeah uh, they were all flying by the seat of the pants. 100% yeah. <laughs> very aspirational, yes. uh, very good at what they do, but lacking that little bit of business acumen. And in 2016, a national construction company went bust, owing us a significant amount of money. And um, the gist of it was it almost cost us our business. It literally came down to the wire whether or not we could keep trading. Yeah. Um, we lost 75 grand. Yeah. Uh, we had 18 lads on the books at the time. Shit. They actually took out a bank loan to pay those lads knowing Shit. that they would not get paid themselves mm-hmm. because that was important to mm-hmm. our company and um, our company values. 
And it was a real defining moment for for us collectively, even though I wasn't directly involved in that business. It was a case of when we realised that we were able to stay solvent by the skin of our teeth, albeit saddled with a shitload of debt. It was a case of, do they just go back to being sole traders for a relatively easy life where they can earn the 60, 70 grand a year? Yes. Or stay under the VAT threshold. Stay under the VAT threshold. Or do we fucking go for it? And our definition of success seriously changed at that point because for anyone who's been there, when you're waking up in the middle of the night having heart palpitations, when you're worried about keeping a roof over your head and mm-hmm. everything that comes with that, it's it's absolutely horrendous. And that was a really dark time for us. It was coupled with, um, I mean, I was in hospital. I was pregnant at the time with our mm-hmm. second daughter, Isabella. Spent the entire hospital, um, sorry, the entire pregnancy either in hospital or in bed with, mm-hmm. with quite a lot of complications. We had so many different things going on. So we had this defining moment. We're like, right, okay, we're going to continue and it wasn't like I say it wasn't this Hollywood moment we then found out um, <laughs> God, you couldn't make this stuff up literally we're there of giving birth to our daughter Isabella in the midst of all of this chaos and financial crisis and stress and everything else um, Mark uh, and I had decided we had our two beautiful girls we'd only ever wanted two children we were done our family was complete um, so much so he was booked in for the snip on the Monday for his consultation yes. the Friday before I've got extreme postnatal depression we're very much in the, the thick of it still. Yeah. and I found out I was pregnant with her our third little um, beautiful addition. Fucking hell. Our, our, our son, Sam. Um, and, and it just kept on coming. So it wasn't a case of we made that decision to commit to success yeah. and then the stars started to align. Yes. It absolutely wasn't like that. We then lost Mark's dad unexpectedly to cancer. My mm-hmm. sister was in hospital seriously unwell. We lost my gran. It was just like boom, boom, boom. And I think that's when we... Well, start- mate, they do say that the strongest trees grow on the strongest winds, right? Well, I, I couldn't agree more with yeah. that. And and you know something, Paul, I, I genuinely believe now, and it doesn't feel like that at the time, and there'll be a lot of people listening to this with the pandemic. That yeah, it's easy to look back life. in hindsight, isn't it? The, yeah. You're struggling. And when, if somebody had said some of the stuff that I'm about to say now to me when I was in the midst of it, I'd have probably wanted to punch them in the yes. face. But should you be willing to choose to accept it, the pain and the all those stresses, all those hardships, all these obstacles, they serve as such an opportunity to really grow, to develop, to learn, and to you know, empower other people. Do you know, last week, well, you know that I had COVID for the last two weeks and it was hard, and there's a quote that I read last year, and it was the first thing. I think it's important to have these, one of my coaches would call them amalgams, they're like sayings and phrases and quotes that you kind of fall back on yeah. when negativity comes knocking. Yeah. So there's this one quote that I love, and I think it's by Napoleon Hill. I thought it was by Nelson Mandela, and then I actually looked it up yesterday, and it's that every... Every uh, adversity, every heartbreak, every failure carries with it a seed of equal benefit. And I'm like, I fell back on that last week and that's what's happened here. Like, it all, But it's hard when you're in it, isn't it? It's, it's hard when you think about that. And, and I think that these quotes and these phrases that you fall back on, you've almost got to ingrain them in your brain like a fucking tattoo. Like yeah. a tattoo, right? This is happening for my growth. Yes. And all of that period there, that was just you growing your muscles. And you can't grow muscles unless you pick up the weights, right? If you've not experienced it, you know, it, it, it's really difficult to get that growth. You can't get that in a book. And my favourite quote, and it's one that I remind myself daily, yeah. it's a Jim Rohn quote. It was, don't wish it was easier, wish you were wish better. better yeah. and that's why I try and keep it real, because yes, we've we've achieved quite a lot, which I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about. And theory doesn't cover the cost of admission is one of my favourite no, quotes. No, absolutely doesn't. Theory doesn't cover the cost of admission. You to get you've way... got a coaching programme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how. How do you know that? <laughs> so yeah. So what were you, what were you, some of your um? What were some of your? I mean, you probably were just 
<laughs> this sounds mad. I don't know if you're making it up as you went along back then, but what were some of the things that helped get you through that? Because there'll be someone listening to this that is going through that mess, if you like, right now. Yeah. I, and also for transparency, I, I've struggled with anxiety and depression for years, mm-hmm. you know, for well over a decade. And mm-hmm. for the majority of that time, I was on hardcore medication for anxiety, for depression. Mm-hmm. It would really like space me out at times. I'd be on every mm-hmm. concoction, a tablet that you could ever get. Yeah. Because that meant, you know, you're papering over the cracks. I wasn't taking any responsibility for myself. So yeah. how, how I dealt with it at the time was drinking too much. Really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, not as in being an alcoholic, yeah. but it definitely it felt just like not time you numbing yourself. In. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sedating so myself. Yeah. It was, we, we, we just needed to, to do what we needed to do to kind of get out of such a difficult period of time. And sometimes it's, it's putting one step in front of the other. And my mindset is so much more evolved now and I've got a lot better coping strategies. And, you know, I do things like cold water immersion as you do, the ice baths. Oh, mate. Exercise. I've got something new for you. Oh God! I bought it it yesterday. (laughs) So I've always wondered. You know that you would have seen me in the in the winter in that fucking blow up. Yeah. The ice bath thing, but then it got too warm outside, so the water's not cold anymore. Well, this weekend I discovered this thing. It's called Brass Monkeys. You're welcome, Brass Monkeys, if you're listening. Uh, You can sponsor (laughs) the show. It's a it's a plunge. Have you seen the Robin's documentary on Netflix? Yeah. Have you seen that thing that he plunges in? Yeah. You can buy them now. You can get them to go outside in your garden. Check this out. You don't have to change the water ever. For for nine months to a year, you can leave the water because it's got a filter in it. And you can have that water at whatever temperature you want. So you can have it so it's all ice, like chunk ice across the top. I've just bought one from your garden. Oh, wow. Yeah, the 500 kilos in weight, like. But they bring it to your house and they put it outside. You've got to be able to plug it in so you can just run a lead through the the wall. I've just ordered one. It takes... I think it's coming in September. But as soon as you said that, I was like, because this is the thing that I've, because it's not, the cold showers are not great. Going in the sea is amazing, but it's a pain in the arse. It's inconvenient as fuck. But just going in your back garden and jumping in this fucking plunge pool, like the Robins one, you can get it in a long bath shape or you can get it where it's like deep and it's a plunge pool. How cool is that? Oh my God. It's not cheap, but I'm like, I'm like, I'm not, I don't even care how much it costs, but what an investment. It's like eight grand or something. That's expensive. Yeah. But I don't think you can put it. I was saying to the lads yesterday, as an entrepreneur, I think wellness is your number one asset. 100%. Your, your well being is your number one asset. I found that out last week. Well, I've just spent bloody 10 grand on holiday. I'm not likely to be able to go on. So when I get my money back for I'm that, supposed <laughs> be, I was supposed to be in Ibiza last week. I was supposed to be in Ibiza last week, me. Well, yeah. So anyway, so you're doing. I've totally forgot where we were. I got too excited. I got too excited. I'd be desperate to tell someone about that. Desperate to tell, hey, I've got this bath thing. It's amazing. Anyway, where, where were we? You are like, you look after your oh, health so, right so, now. Yeah, so so back then, honestly... You weren't you, doing that back then? No, 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 no. It was, it was, it was just survival mode. Yeah. We were eating crap. We weren't looking after ourselves. We, yeah. Our lifestyle probably wasn't great. But you know what? We were turning up every single day. And, and sometimes that's enough. Putting one foot in front of the other to, to get to a point where you can start... You look at it now, you know, Ellie. You just... You just you do the best you can with the tools that you had at the time. Yeah. You didn't know about cold immersion then. You didn't know about the whole taking care of your body thing. You didn't know about any of that then, right? Yeah. You had the tools you had and you used the tools you had. I tell you the most, the, one of the most profound things that, that kind of happened to me that really shifted my mindset. Because back in the day, when I was in my late teens, early 20s, when I was my high performance job, uh, I was very much into the Tony Robbins and I'd stopped smoking. I, I remember reading the seven, uh, seven Days to Change Your Life, Paul yeah. McKenna and all of that yeah. kind of thing. 
And funnily enough, when I left that world and I went into to sort of my, my entry-level jobs, if you like, yeah. suddenly all that stuff was load of woo-woo, happy-clappy bullshit. You know, all the stuff that had made me successful, I turned my back on. Isn't it interesting how we do that? Like when we exercise or we get into positive routines, we look great, we feel great, so we stop doing it and we put all the weight back on. We we, we tend to self-sabotage. But but this... Um, so, so why do you think that is then? Why do I think we do it? Yeah, why do you think we stop that? Do you know why I think... I'm, I'm gonna interrupt. I'm gonna interrupt you here. I think sometimes our environment changes, so it's no longer the environment that we're in. The our peer group, yeah. the people that we're surrounded by, they don't do that. Yeah. So I think that rubs off on us a little bit, right? I, I mean, you're in a mastermind, so you know how powerful that is. I, I do. But so again, one of one of the other most important, I suppose there's been quite a lot of things over the years, but it's taking full accountability, not just I will be successful if all the ducks are in a row. It's like I am going to be successful despite what obstacles life throws at me. A back to the gym rowing, don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. You're yeah. going to get fucking curve got balls. Yeah. Not not just in business, but professionally. You know, my, my mum's in a, a lock psychiatric ward as we speak. I've got shit going on everywhere. Our project manager's just handed this notice in. That, that, that's normal. In my world, that kind of... I think what you've got right now from that whole period back then is that, that, that uh, it's like... A guy that I'm working with right now calls it a comparison frame. Like, what you're dealing with right now is nothing compared to what you've already... Do you know what I'm saying? Exactly. I think once you've hit rock bottom... So, so again, there's a few things. I've literally felt suicidal. I know you can relate to that. Yeah. I've never actually been at the point where I would have taken action, but I've felt overwhelming feelings for quite a long period of time yeah. where it would be easier to be dead. Yes. And if I'd not had the children and I'd not had Mark, I, yeah. I may have made very different decisions yes. to the one that yeah, I made. Yeah, of course. So I don't know if you call that suicidal, but I certainly had suicidal thoughts, suicidal um, tendencies were definitely creeping in, thinking yeah. about how I would kill myself. So yeah. when you've been in that place, it's you realise very quickly that nobody's coming to save you. No one's coming to fucking save you at all. And when, when we started getting back into the property, it was a bit of a law of attraction. Our business partner's cousin, randomly, had been on a property training course. Now, I didn't even know that there was such a thing as property training courses. If I did, I probably just thought they were a scam. I'm sure some of them are, but they certainly aren't. There were a lot of them that are. They, they, yeah. There will be, but again, uh, you know... the one Wasn't that like a BBC documentary about one a couple of years yeah, ago, right? Yeah, there, there, there's a guy that's got a bit of a bad rep at the minute. Yeah. It wasn't with him for the rest I'm sure he's still making a fucking killing. Yes, In fact, yeah. I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah. yeah. What is it they say? No, no publicity is bad publicity. Yeah. He's still got yeah. a, a phenomenal use. Isn't he the one that my mate Mike win it? Yeah. Isn't he the one that he he did the whole, Mike did the whole things about him, didn't yeah. he? And, yeah. Um, what's he called? Um, the dragon, Shaz Razul, is it? Uh, oh, what did he do? I bet I butchered his name. I've just had a complete <laughs> mental block then. Oh, he's, he went after him, YouTube series. Oh, did he? Kind of thing. Did yeah, he? So I, I think it's not just property though. I think it's the wealth creation space, the space that you're in as well. Yeah. I think, I think because everyone is looking for a quick fix because it's all relevant. Everybody wants the five-step process. Yeah, to get rich, you get like get the business coaches that haven't actually run a business apart from that business coaching business. Oh, our yeah, action coach, all the time. our old action coach. Yeah. I, I swear to God, it was, you'd only ever been an employee. It's very difficult to find that. Well, I remember, Ali, you know, when I, when I first went self-employed, I was 21 and I went on, it was just around the corner, actually, where my old office was. They, they had a week-long course on how to set up your own business, yeah. right? It was like a, can you remember, what were they called these? They were like council initiatives or enterprise. Yes. They were like enterprise yeah. schemes. It was a local enterprise scheme. I don't even think they exist anymore. Where it was all about encouraging people to set up their own business. And over the seven days, we had different people come in and teach different days. Yeah. But there was only one of them that was actually in business. <laughs> 
and it's mad because I'm still friends with him now. Jeff Ramy's called. Um, yeah, and that, that it's mad though, isn't it? But you get this with college courses and everything else as well. But it was really weird. So the, the stars started to align for us when my cousin's business partner, uh, he went on this property training course. He was already yeah. hugely successful. Yes. His mind was blown. He came back. The language he was using, he was just mega inspired. And actually it was Mark, uh, both the Marks, they're, they're both called Mark. Yeah. <laughs> book to go on the course yeah. and I was watching one of the videos on mindset that Mark had on playing through the Apple TV through our living room in the kitchen yeah. and I'm, he, he was talking about Billy one of the mentors was talking about if something's humanly possible it's within your your reach you know yeah. quoting Tony Robbins yeah. and I started to dare to believe it was like why not me I have always believed I'm capable of more yeah. but there was a big disconnect because yeah. I was having panic attacks at the thought of leaving the house you know what? like I say I was struggling massively with anxiety and depression but I've always had an inner grit that, he has an amazing quote that I heard the other day on anxiety right and this I love this it's that anxiety is the emotion of growth and I was like wow Ooh, I love that. isn't that really cool I've done a lot of growing yeah <laughs> 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 Me too. It, I was like, wow, that's an, it's a real interesting thing, isn't it? If there wasn't an emotion that went alongside growth, it would be some kind of anxiety or stress or worry. Well, we, I mean, it's cool that, and it, oh, you're anxious. Good, it means you're growing. Good. It's, uh, I, I know I'm coming out of all the cliches, but growth doesn't come from comfort. If you've not got that butterflies, that feeling of anxiety, the you don't grow muscle by not picking up the weight, do you? Exactly. 100%. So we, we went to this property training. It was an absolute nightmare getting here. All our childcare had fallen through. I remember literally two days before we were due to go to Glasgow for the training, I was literally in the fetal position. Like I'd given up. I just said, what's the point? You know, it's, it's not meant to yeah. be. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I can't keep picking myself back up. Every time I pick myself up, life just knocks me back down. I'm just going to stay down. Yeah. I actually said those words. I said, I'm just going to stay down and then nobody can hammer me anymore. Blows. Again, I was in victim mentality. Was I've had that before as well. Like I'm, a, I'll do something, and this was me back when I really struggled with this bipolar. I'd go and speak in an event, and speaking is one of my very favorite things to do. Like that's where I fucking, it's where my fucking fire burns the brightest when I'm on the stage, right? Yeah. And I'd always have a come down after, and I'd say, Leslie, I'm not supposed to be fucking happy, me. I'm not supposed to be happy because every time I do something that I love, there's a massive come down. Mm. I mean, I eventually got a handle on it, but I totally get where you come from there. You like almost you, you do get to that. Well, what's the point? It's not going to work. Yeah. What's the point? Something's going to come along and slap me across the face. Yeah. So was this a turning point for you? Yeah, it was. There was a story that one of my mentors, Billy, said on day one of the property training. What the reason I gravitated towards this particular property training company because there was a lot of emphasis on the mindset, which for me is far more. Yeah, of course, you need to know the practicalities of how to invest your money. That goes without saying. Yeah. But ultimately, it's like anything. You can learn pretty much everything from YouTube. It's the application. Theory. It's the mindset. Theory doesn't so cover the cost of our mission. It really doesn't. Yeah. It 100% doesn't. But he said the story of Darren Hardy, who was the editor of Success Magazine. Oh, dude, Darren Hardy's book, The Compound Effect, is fucking sick. It's phenomenal. What a fucking it? great book. Yeah. I it's love that. In that book, my favourite part of that book that I always remember, and I, I actually got that when... I was coming back from, I've been to America for one of this wake up warrior things and I got that in the airport on the way back and I finished it on the flight and there's a bit in it about momentum, yeah. about a roundabout, what, what they call them things, the kids merry-go-round is it yeah. called and he's like the hardest part is getting that started. Once you get it going, the hardest part is pushing it. Yeah. Get, once it gets going, it's easy. I really love that book, guy. Darren Hardy. It's totally true because, you know, you said to me how did I get out of that hole in 2016 and it's difficult to really go into detail about that because it's such a distant memory now yeah. but it was the compound effect of just 
every day trying to be a little bit better yeah. than I was the day before yeah. and just not stopping refusing. Just showing up, yeah. And no matter how step how small those steps were, taking the steps. But the, the story that he said was Darren Hardy had went to his mentor at the time, a guy called Jim Rowan, with a 40-page detailed list, front and back of his perfect woman. He detailed every attribute, how she looked, um, how she conducted herself, her spiritual beliefs, her religious beliefs, mm-hmm. or absolutely everything in finite detail. Mm-hmm. And he went to Jim and he says, Jim, how do I go about getting a woman like this into my life? And Jim said to him, no, Darren, you're asking the wrong question. The question you need to ask yourself is who do I need to become to be worthy of attracting Sick. like that into my Sick. life? And he went and that exact list that he'd done, he marked himself against all of those attributes. Did he possess them? And if the answer was no, he went out and set to work on, on becoming that person. And in almost eerie detail, yeah. his now wife appeared uh, almost like a fairy tale that's into his life. And that's, and that's, that's what I did. I looked I'm assuming that wasn't on Tinder. That wasn't on Tinder, yeah. <laughs> Engineering your own destiny. <laughs> but you know what? I, I you didn't get catfished. You didn't get, oh, no, no. I heard, I heard a funny catfish story last night for Luna. But, um, yeah. But hang on. You can't say you heard a funny catfish story last night and then not... Not finish it. Listen, I'm going to write that down because I've, I've got a feeling you're about to say something profound and I don't want to get distracted with a catfish story. So you heard that story. Yeah, I, I looked in the mirror and I was probably, I mean, I, I'm guessing two, three stone heavier than I was just now. I was mm-hmm. looking at myself and I thought, would I do business with me? A big part of what we do is a, 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 for our property businesses, we raise private investment. Mm-hmm. Would I give myself half a million pounds? And I thought, would I? Fuck, you know, and I thought, well, who, what sort of attributes, again, would you be looking for? Well, you need somebody that's got knowledge. You need somebody that's confident. You need somebody that's well presented. It's great energy. Great energy yeah. and all the other stuff. Yeah. And one by one, I started ticking off those lists yeah. and go, going to war with myself, not ex- making excuses, not yeah. accepting mediocrity. And even though I was struggling to leave the house some days with panic attacks, I was like, I'm going to set up a, a social media profile and start putting myself out there. And that's kind of where it's all started snowballing a little bit because rather than following the conventional advice that's out there on how to build your brand, I started sharing the real life struggles, the insecurities, but also from a place of and this is how I've overcome them. Yes. And this is what we are achieving. Yes. People like the success stories. It's no good just blogging about how shit your life part. is. Yes. It's like, yes, you know, and I keep it real. And that's why I just shared then about the fact that my mum's in hospital just now. Not always me. Everybody's got their shit going on, especially during this pandemic. Mm. But it's just to say, I think when people perceive that you've got a certain level of success, they, they then presume that you don't have the same problems. And, and that's absolutely not the case. Yeah, I because but you, social media, people like to show the highlight reel, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 And, that, and it's just not the case, is it? Yeah. So we went on this property course. Well, yeah, so we went on the property course. With Billy. With, with, with Billy and Paul, yeah. But yeah. I'm still very good friends with now, still work very closely with them. Yeah. And we had no money. So I, I got made redundant whilst I was on maternity leave. Again, stars were aligning. Yeah. We had our last seven grand in the world. Yeah. We weren't destitute. Yeah. I, I wasn't job seekers allowance. Yeah. That was that was to get my stamp. We yeah. weren't destitute. We were typical middle class. We had the nice house. We had the nice cars, the nice holidays and fuck all in the bank, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so we got this redundancy money, my last seven grand in the world, put it on our property education. Yeah. And within four days of doing that training, we'd bought two, two properties. Shit. No money down. Um, and then we'll so, so tell me this. Everyone talks about this, right? I've heard Rob Moore talk about it. I've heard Stephen Green talk about it. How the fuck do you get a house with no money down? 
Well, you have to use money, just not your own money. Right. You know, it's the art of leveraging finance. If you can raise I'm just getting a property development money. lesson here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's there's other ways. You I, right now, I just give money to Frank Flegg. That's all I do. You know, Frank? You know Frank, right? I do know. I'm just thinking, just, why, why are you giving all your money to Frank and not well, me? Well, because he made a better sales pitch. He said, Paul, <laughs> here's what he said to me, right? Frank, up my game. I'm going to get Frank on this year, actually, because Frank's <laughs> a fucking fascinating character, right? Yeah. Frank said to me, Paul, he said, I know you're making all this money. He said, what are you doing with it? I said, well, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing with it. So he said, if you give me this much money, I'll give you this much back. So that was it. Yeah. I was like, all right, where do I, where do I send it? Uh, it's a smart. Anyway. It, so. it's, it's the easiest sales pitch in the world, though, isn't it? Look at the amount of people getting 0.01%. You can get to a point that's costing you money to keep your well, money. Well, do you know what? It, it's kind of right. something that I learned from Dr. John Martini. this. It's like, I get the value of investing in property, yeah. but I have no fucking desire whatsoever yeah. to learn about it. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? I think that's what I'm like with, with YouTube as well. Yeah. I get the I get the value in having a big YouTube following, but I have no desire to learn about it. So Dr. John Demartini's like, well, get someone else to do it. Why would you go out of your state of genius to learn about something that's of no interest to you? Because Steve Jobs, he talks about, well, talked about conducting the orchestra when I think it was Steve Wozniak said to him, what do you actually do these days, Steve? Yeah. He's like, I conduct the orchestra. Yeah. You don't need to know how to play the, all the fucking instruments. Yeah. You just need yeah. to know how to... So Ali, is it, is it the... Is it the... Is it the... Because this is really interesting to me, this. Is it the property stuff, the technical aspects of that property stuff that you're into, or is it more of the mindset stuff that you're into now? I'm I'm not very operational. Are you not? No, 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 I'm not very operational in terms of running the project. I couldn't tell you how many projects we've got on the go at the moment. Um, So what's your role then, leader? Yeah, uh, visionary. (laughs) Oh, come on! (laughs) Um, Yes, I'm running the marketing department. I do a lot of the relationship building, the networking. Mm -hmm. Uh, Through my social media, we pretty much bring in most of our private investment. We've raised um, millions of pounds. Are you in that LinkedIn game? Is that your thing? Yeah, through, well, in 2019, bear in mind, I only started on LinkedIn back into 2018. 2019, I'd raised four million pounds and private finance holy shit just through just through my account so first full year doing social media and that was just one of the profiles that's yeah. not including facebook or your in-person meetings or your networking events or every time that i'm talking in front of speaking yeah things yeah. like that so here you like massive but the thing that i'm most passionate about you spoke about when you're on stage yeah by default i found that my passion and purpose is helping people it's inspiring people yeah. trying to get that message out on a one-to-many basis i don't really know where it's gonna yeah it's interesting so property is just the vehicle that you're you have to help people right now absolutely yeah and I, I, don't get me wrong i mean i'm just not excited i'm gonna be completely honest i don't get excited by a three-bed semi in doncaster it just doesn't do it for me anymore i've just my mind went straight as the word semi there <laughs> You heard it here first. Ellie Mackay does not get excited by semis. <laughs> she only goes for the full hard on. <laughs> You've got to go all in. This episode's called Paul Moore Talks Dicks. <laughs> Look at your teacher. The right was on the wall. Hey, you're right. You're right. So, so the question that I want to ask you, probably the, the, the one that I want to ask the most is, what's it like, because I've never been one, what's it like being a woman in that industry? There aren't many, right? There, there, there isn't. The, so, the people that I know in that game are all men except you. Yeah. I see that. It's, it's, it's an interesting one because I'm actually doing a lot of work about women in construction at the moment. Yeah. Uh, working with a friend of mine, Michaela, who's an ambassador uh, for the 
um, National Federation of Builders. Yeah. Uh, I'm, and I'm also going to be doing some PR work for our fire protection business and stuff as well. So yeah. to answer your question, yeah, there's 100% we are the minority. There's yeah. definitely discrimination. Yes. I always choose to use that as a, a USP. Yeah. Because if there is less women, then you've got more opportunity to stand out and make an impact and make mm-hmm. a name for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I also think as well, that I don't know, I think but w- w- women can definitely bring a different dynamic to most things, can't they? So yeah, it's, of really, it's really good to have the balance. Although ironically, I do tend to get on better with men. So I don't know what that tells you. Yeah. Yeah, men are dicks. <laughs> I'm a bit of a dick. Someone said to me the other day, someone said to me the other day, how come you coach men and women separately? I'm like, because men are fucking dicks. Yeah. No, I'm joking. I'm joking, gentlemen. So what's the hardest part then about what do you find the biggest challenge around all of this thing that you're doing right now? It, it's a spinning place. I mean, with the property, with any of the businesses, you're going to get challenges. You're going to get staff letting you down. You're going to have at the moment getting building materials is an absolute nightmare. Is it? Yeah, because of Brexit and because of COVID yeah. and everything else. So a lot of the refurbs are on delay. I mean, you, you're constantly getting challenged. And when I said earlier, the bigger you get, the bigger your problems get. Yeah, the more the higher up the ladder you climb, the more your arse hangs out. The more your arse hangs yeah. out. But again, it's looking at those as, as opportunities to grow, but not not going in... Uh, blind to it because we had um, we'd been building a relationship with a really high net worth investor mm-hmm. who'd spent best part of a year nailing terms and conditions for um, him subsidising all of our property deals mm-hmm. all of our acquisitions all of our development costs we were in essence going no money down it was a phenomenal arrangement like I say it all been going back and forth with the solicitors and yeah. the Friday before Boris locked us down and we were due to get our first instalment they just pulled that funding now, at the time, we had 10 properties going through and no finance in place for them. And um, yeah. what's, your, what's your kind of go-to strategy when shit goes sideways? Like, do you have anything that you do? Do you have anything that you that helps you stay on top of it? Do you have any kind of practical things that you do to manage all of this? It, I mean, that was a like bit Like, when a... something comes like that and fucking smashes you in the face and challenges pop up, like, what are you... So, you well, okay, so this is bringing a, a story from earlier, full circle a little bit. I fell down to my knees, I remember it. I fell down to my knees and I remember saying out loud, there was only me there in the, in the kitchen, I said, how many times do I have to pick myself back up? And then I just thought, literally about 60 seconds later, I thought, I have a word. Well, however many times does it fucking takes? Get well, back forever. on your feet. Forever, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and I tell you what, I had the most empowering um, half an hour of my life after that because I do so much to help other people to support them. Never do it from a place of expectation, but I've built up a hell of a lot of goodwill over the years mm-hmm. by, by genuinely putting other people first. And within the space of 20 minutes, I think it was, I'd raised half, half a million pound in private investment. Mm-hmm. I was literally r- ringing up my, everyone on my contact list that I knew I had money and saying, Look, billionaire investors backed out. We've got projects need funding. Do you want in? Mm-hmm. Yes or no? Yes, right. I'll be in touch. Mm-hmm. Literally phone down next person. And half a million pounds raised within within 20 minutes. And I could have kept on going, but we had what we needed within yeah. a short space of time. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the, the bigger challenges aren't around the business stuff. The business is... We've got multiple businesses, mm-hmm. which always provides complications like the pandemic. We've always got somebody isolating at the minute. One of our refurbs, I think we had eight tradespeople self-isolating at the same it, time. Friday was the first time we've had the office open for two weeks. Is it? No one's been in. Cat's the only one that hasn't had it. Yeah, mad, eh? It, two weeks closed completely. It's, um, I mean, these are sort of the real-life challenges that everyone's facing. But for me, the constant thing is being present, being focused, making sure that I'm not sacrificing. I've got three young children. Mm. We've got Sam that I was telling you about. He's just turned four. Bella's five and Sienna's almost nine. 
And yeah, of course, you have to put the hours in. Listen, let's let's talk about this right now. So you're running multiple businesses. Yeah. Seven figures plus three kids. How the fuck are you managing all that? I started getting up a bit earlier. <laughs> I put no, but this is a big thing for me. If anyone follows me on social media, be like, Ellie, you've changed. I've always been a great advocate that you can get up at six o'clock and get everything done. Fuck the 5am club. Well, I've broken, haven't I? Have you? Something I had to give. There was not enough hours in the day. I've officially yeah. joined the 5am club. So, <clears throat> so it's... Um, I'm still awake then normally. <laughs> it's keeping focused. And again... I, I don't always, I don't want to make out like I've always got all my shit together. I'm still very much on my own journey. And sometimes I'll do things that work, like I was doing during the first lockdown where I was doing TM meditation and it really worked. And then I stopped doing it. Yeah. So at the moment I'm going back to basics. I'm returning yeah. to that because I think, was it Gandhi said, if you don't have time to meditate, then you need to meditate more, more, than, more yes. than ever. Yes. And I really believe that because we can, there is a tendency to just TM's cool as well, isn't it? Yeah, TM's great. I'd, I'd been I'd been that. doing this thing called Ascension for about five years, and then in January I did a TM course and I enjoyed it. What, what yeah. was the other thing? Uh, transcend transcendental meditation. Sorry, not transcendental. Ascension meditation. Right. It's very similar, but you get four mantras instead of one. Okay. Do you know in in TM you get you, you get one mantra yeah. right? Yeah. But we got the the basically the fucking same. Yeah. They just have a different name. I've got a feeling one of them started, and then. The other one started after that. I don't know which one was first, but TM's really cool. It's yeah. um, it's things like that. It's the taking responsibility, taking responsibility for my diet. Again, I have pizzas and stuff at the weekend. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but we eat clean through the week. We do well exercising, whether it's your cold showers, your TM meditation, your journaling, whatever it may be. And I don't say that in a preachy way because everyone's got to find what works from them. It doesn't have to be getting up at 5am or doing doing what everybody else does. Some people might, might be night owls, but I think you set the standard for your own life and then you just, ultimately it's only yourself that's letting down. I think you it, it, what you're saying is this ultimately boils down to strategies. Like everyone has a strategy for everything. You have yeah. a strategy for feeling stressed. You have a strategy for feeling anxious. You have a strategy for managing your fucking day. And you essentially, you're saying we've got, we do TM. We do the cold therapy. Mm-hmm. We give a fuck about what goes in our body. Yeah. Um, And that, we, we're getting up early. And that helps you manage this whole, because that's a busy fucking life early. And also. When people, you must laugh when people tell you they're too busy to do some of the things. Oh, I mean, I mean it's. Yeah. As, as when a, someone says, "Oh, like, are you you guys are you doing any any education around this, or like, are you doing any, any education on property?" Uh, no, we don't. No. Do so if you did education, I'm going to guarantee that someone say, "Listen, I'd love to do it, but I'm too busy." Yeah. I'm like that. I'm like, mate, I'll swap schedules with you anytime you fucking want. Yeah. And the funny thing is that the people that say they're too busy don't even have a schedule. Yeah. Like, how the fuck do you know you're too busy? And you're making yeah. it up. It's okay. like saying it's like saying you're broke, but you haven't checked your fucking bank account for three months, so you don't even know. But I struggled with this. I struggled with the not just the goal setting, although I do struggle with that as yeah. well. But I really struggled with the, the the discipline of not necessarily just early starts, but really being rigid and planning your time and things. I was your classic entrepreneur. I didn't want to be boxed in. I yeah, you had that meetings. fake flexibility. Yeah, yeah, but the reality is. Having a bit of structure gives you, it's the only way to buy yourself the freedom and it takes a while for that really yes. to sink in, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that I think that you got to, there's a book that I read a while ago, it's by this guy, Stephen Pressfield, it's called Turning Pro. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'm like, you can't fucking, there's a lot of people who are running businesses like fucking amateurs. Yeah. You can't do it. People are like, do you still have this? Do you, do you plan out your day in that? I'm like, yeah, I'm a fucking pro. I don't particularly enjoy it. But actually, I must admit this, when we're talking about structure and we're talking about rituals and we're talking about routines and we're talking about getting up on time, I'm like, I just don't fill my day full of shit that I hate doing. Yeah. I didn't get into business to do things that I hate. Yep. There are times when I have to eat shit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There are times when I have to eat shit and there are times when I have to do things that I don't particularly want to do. But I'm like, I never have a problem getting out of bed in the morning because I don't make the first thing I do something that I hate. So do you want to know... I, I, I get up early in the morning. I mean, I'm not a 5 am Definitely not a 5 am <laughs> The main reason is just because I train on a night time. Yeah. Like my training's at 6 p.m., 7 p.m. So if I did get up that early, I'd be fucked for that. Yeah. And that's my favourite part of the day. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't... It's difficult to get out of bed when there's nothing to get out of bed for. That's exciting. Yeah. And I think most people, when they create these morning rituals and their morning routines and that, I'm like, you're, you're putting the things in the morning routine that you don't even like doing. 100%. That's Why would you do doing. that? That's what I, and I was dreading it. You know, there was no enthusiasm. If your morning ritual whatsoever. requires motivation, it's the wrong thing. But I'm like this with life as well, very much like you. So I like just talking shit to people. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm in my area of expertise, mm -hmm. if you like. You know, mm -hmm. professional shit talking. It's what you value highly. It's <laughs> what you judge you value highly, communicating with people and 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 vibing with people and, and having interesting conversations with people. 100%. Whereas when I'm dealing with like the architects and the QSEs and stuff like that, I mean, I'm, I'm bored. I used to go around these walk rounds and I look around, I'd be engaged for all of five seconds and then they'd start talking about all the technical drawings and things like that yeah. for some of the bigger developments. Yeah. You know, I'm just switching off. I'm thinking I've got my social media content. I'm, I'm kind of done. And yeah. the more I started leaning into the things that I did enjoy, the podcasting, the public speaking, things like that, the irony being the better energy I was in, the more traction and momentum we were getting. And even though if I'm talking on a podcast or if I'm doing public speaking, it's never about property. It's about mindset. It's about the journey. The more I did that, the more people were drawn to us. And It's interesting that, isn't it? Yeah, they were. And the more investment we raised, the more properties we would get. Uh, so, yeah. I'm and you weren't even talking about property never and money. Property. That's never mad, isn't it? No. Because yeah. it, it genuinely isn't my priority. One of our company values is, is people over profit. People say stuff like this all the time, but impact over income. Yeah. yeah, is that yeah. one of yours? Is it impact over income is what I use? Yeah, I, no, yeah. I, I love that because people say it, and then they walk. Look, we've just had a situation recently where we um, we've not had our offer accepted yet. It's been submitted, and it's looking very hopeful. But we're hopefully buying a street, twenty four houses, which will be really fucking exciting. Coronation Street. I've already asked. Can we really Albert, name it? But you can. Albert Square. Mackay, haven't you? I was thinking. <laughs> 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 we're going to rock. I love it. Um, I love it. But basically, the, the reason I'm sharing this story is because we, we, we've we just structured that in a way. We've learned. We've got a, a JV partner that's funding the full thing. Yeah. And we've basically um, come up with a different way that could structure that deal, which would basically put an extra £200,000 in our pocket. But we are, we are, even though we've only got a verbal understanding with our joint venture partner, mm -hmm. we're not going down that second route yeah. because it's the same thing. It's like people over profits. No, yeah. Our word is our bond. We do what we say we're going to do. Yeah committed to this person and you know what 200 grand it's not exactly a drop in the ocean is mm. it but ultimately i just think if you start getting into negative energy like that where you're it's not penny pinching is it 200 grand but yeah. what, what, what message are you putting out to yeah. the universe if yeah. you genuinely put profits over people yeah. i just think you're scuppering your future success yeah me too L let me ask you a, a question around two things mindset and money because 
dealing with the numbers that you're dealing with, that's like, for some people listening, they're going to be like, well, that's, it's all right for you, it's this, it's that. Like, what's your, where did your mindset around money come from? Is it something that you learn? Is it something that you picked up? Because I know for me, none of my family are entrepreneurs. None of them are, none of them are, I wouldn't call them financially successful. There's only me. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, well, where did you get your mindset of money? And I'm like, well, I learned some mantras back in the day. Um, and I've got a few things around that I'm going to share, but I want your take on this first because you're the guest. Okay, so it's interesting. My parents were a bit more entrepreneurial. They oh, start, were they? Yeah, they started off um, selling textiles at marketplaces and then mm. they built, they opened up a shop, then they opened up a second shop. So growing up, we had money, we had the detached house, we went on the five-star holidays to Florida, one yeah. of you, and then it all went tits up. Um, oh, shit, okay. We bankrupt the marriage collapse we ended up in an ex-council house we um, had bailiffs at the door oh so you've seen both sides of it i've seen both sides of it so people who say money doesn't make you happy absolutely you need to have your foundations there but if you've also experienced the um, the hardship they can cause through not having money which i have on several occasions now then you know i would challenge anyone on that one yeah so yeah i i I certainly had saw both sides of it but we've got a just I think you've got to be a little bit tapped in the head to do what we do, Paul. I don't necessarily think everyone's cut out for it. So I Me neither. We, we spent our last seven grand on the property education, but the bit I didn't mention is when we learn about the how, how it is easy, it's hard. I know that might sound like a complete contradiction in terms. It's hard work, but the formula is easy when you know what you're doing with property. Simple. We do. It's simple, but it's hard. Simple, but hard. Yeah, the formula's simple, but the work's hard. Precisely. Yes. Just, just like anything, just yes. like fitness, just like anything else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, you want to lose weight? It's simple, getting a calorie deficit. But why would anybody have a personal trainer? It's all on YouTube. You know, it's it's that mentality again. But we we sold our house. We sold our family home. We had, um, again, not huge amounts of money, but it was everything we had. It was maybe 130, 140 grand in mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. We moved into a rental, and then we invested every last penny that we had into our business, which has massively accelerated our growth. And our attitude even then is you can strip anything off of us. You can strip our assets now. You know, we've got multi-seven-figure property portfolio. You can take all of that off us and we will rebuild because you can't take away what we've learned. Yeah, nice. How can someone improve their mindset around money? Again, I think it it comes from, from really working on yourself because... It's that feeling of not being worthy mm-hmm. or not valuing what you do. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, if you don't want, value what you do, then how can you expect other people to do that? Uh, and I, as somebody who was in sales for years, had a real mental block around selling. I started to feel like if I was selling a product or a service, I was scamming people. Yeah, you were manipulating people. I'm manipulating what people. What do they call it? They call it persuasion, don't they? Yeah. You're persuading people to buy things. Yeah, yeah. But, but making money is not for people like us. That was the kind of um, language that I was brought up with as well. It was uh, money doesn't grow on trees. Money doesn't grow on trees. If somebody drove past in a Ferrari, they're obviously a drug dealer. Or oh, we were talking mean? about this the other day. Like I was talking to the kids about. It. I'm like, you ever noticed that the bad guys in movies are always rich? Yeah, always. It's like it's, it's like it's no wonder that people think people have such a, a a bit of a a bit of a mind fuck with money. But there's a couple of things that I wanted to add in here. Actually, I'm glad you mentioned the word value because I believe that if you bring value, if you can add value to people's lives, that's when you get paid the big bucks. Yeah, you add value to people's lives. I add value to people's lives. The more value I can demonstrate that I add to people's lives, that's marketing. Yeah, and the more money I earn. Yeah, like. 
I remember one of the first, <laughs> we talked about Tony Robbins before, right? And I remember the two, the first two, what does he call them? In, I don't, I'm not an incantation guy, right? I'm not standing in front of the mirror shouting shit at myself, right? That's <laughs> just, it's just not me. But I am a fan of having mantras or those little quotes that you can fall back on. I remember the first two that I ever learned, one of them was on the, can you remember the old get the edge thing that he did? Where he was on, Tony Robbins was on QVC and he used to sell his box sets, right? Yeah. He used to sell his DVDs and his CDs and I remember walking around when I was like 21 um, with this uh, portable CD player and Robbins would have you going, all I need is within me now. Yes, all I, that was the first mantra I ever learned. And then another one that I learned, I was maybe 23 or 24, and it was a guy called Steve Jack. He's now changed his name, and he's like a fucking shaman that does all the ayahuasca shit, right? He's a fucking madman. And uh, he he said, Paul, he said, I'm going to give you a mantra now, and I want you to use it in all your meditations going forward, and write it down and use it. And it was, money flows freely and easily to me for the greater good of all. Yeah. And I think if you believe that when you get paid, yeah. everybody benefits, yeah. it completely changed my concept of money. I mean, when I get paid, he benefits because I help him. His family benefits. And I benefit. Yeah. My family benefits. And I think if you change your beliefs around money, it becomes yeah. way simpler and easier to make it. But the one around value is that money will always be attracted to value. So the more I'm able, I think people ask the wrong questions. They're asking, how can I make more money instead of where can I deliver more? Where can I bring more value? How can I demonstrate more value? You're like, we're like two peas to a pod. So you mentioned Tony Robbins there. I went to Unleash Your Power Within back, I think it was 2018, my first year in property. Yeah. Completely, uh, I'll be completely honest, I went to raise finance. I paid the top tier tickets, which were five. So you went to network? Went to network. I thought anyone that's going to value their own personal development and pay five, six, seven grand for a ticket, you know, they're probably my avatar, which is uh, successful people. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're saying there, they've got their own businesses or yeah. their high flying careers. Yeah. They just want somewhere to park their money, their yeah. cash rich. They want their money to work for them. They want their money to work for yeah. them. So what I hadn't realised I was doing up until this Tony Robbins event, if I was chatting to somebody at networking event, whatever, night out, and they said, for example, they were a barrister. Yes. I would stop listening to what they were saying. I started thinking how I could bring in property into the conversation, mm-hmm. let them know what we do and start mm-hmm. to streamline the conversation a mm-hmm. little bit. And I realised after that Tony Robbins event that my, my mentality, my attitude was very much fixed around what can I get yes. from other people yes. as opposed to what can, can I, I give, give other people? Yeah. How can I become valuable to other people? Yes. And doing it from a place without expectation, that has to be the caveat, not like, hang on, I've done four good deeds. You don't give to receive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't give to receive, yeah. But you said something else there, which it was, this is this is very recent for me. This is really profound. So I mentioned I've always, uh, well, historically struggled with anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. So I'm completely medication-free now. I take responsibility for my own actions. But that dark dog still bites. And mm-hmm. gratitude something that I've always had a bit of a disconnect with because it's, you know, you're in this personal development world and gratitude is banded around a lot, isn't it? But if you genuinely find it a diff- you know, difficult getting through your day, how can you feel truly grateful and blessed for what you already have mm-hmm. which also i believe blocks you get into the next yes. success and also as a high performance person as an entrepreneur your listeners will get this because we're always kind of focusing on what we want next or how we can improve or what the next big thing is we we, we can be guilty of 
we don't do it deliberately, but we're almost putting our happiness on hold until we have that next big event or when we land that next big property yeah. deal or everything else. It's just a tough few I'll weeks. I'll be happy there. when. When we go on a holiday and we can relax yeah. and, you know, we only have today. Yeah. It's the power of now. And I woke up and I had the most... Um, spiritual I don't class myself as religious I do consider myself quite spiritual I know mm. you and I have spoke about this before yeah. and if you were religious you'd basically say it was like God touching you which I know sounds batshit crazy yeah. and somebody else would say that I probably think I'll oh, fuck off but yeah. this genuinely happened to me and this was only about two months ago and I woke up and I had this I'd, I'd had a nightmare and I'd been awake most of the night I could remember what the, the nightmares were about and I had this deep sense of peace that I've never experienced since my childhood I just felt full of love. I felt full of gratitude. I realised how lucky I was. I've got the most amazing husband and business partner. I've got three beautiful children. You know, we're not where we want to be. We're, we're obviously, you know, we're, we're scaling. We want world domination, but we've got no financial troubles. If I said to Mark, you know what? If we don't buy another property this year, does it matter? Mm -hmm. Does it matter? We have everything. In the words you just said, I said, I have everything I need in life just here I've got you the kids I've got this lovely house I've got my beautiful puppies nothing anything else is a bonus. by the way she means dogs there <laughs> you're, you're fucking girls. so do you want to know what happened right what happened? this is woo woo yeah. this is woo woo so what happened the very next day mm -hmm. we raised 500 million pound in private investment from a, a previous conversation from however long ago a property that would um, place an offer in months ago that they never got back to us accepted the property within that space for a week Nick's asked me to speak at Expert Empires uh, with um, Ed Milet mm -hmm. we have put an offer in we, this street was brought to our attention which is going to be a multi-million pound development mm -hmm. it's looking very probable mm -hmm. and the stuff that has happened to us it's like it's unbelievable. As soon as I stopped pushing for more, the universe gave me a word, gave me one word, and it was to relax. Yeah. And I stepped back and I really tried to reconnect what was important to me. Yeah. And what happened? All of this crazy shit is just... This, this happened to me yesterday. I decided yesterday that I was going to close one of my women's programs down. And I was saying to the team, and I've never mentioned this for ages, and I said to my team, this might mean that I could try and get this paperback book deal over the line. I'd never had a message from this guy, ever. But the head guy at Harper Collins sent me a voice note yesterday. I'd never talked about a book for ages. He sent me a voice note just saying, oh, I got the aftershave you sent like seven months ago. Cheers. Didn't mention the book deal. It was just that he'd be the guy that, he'd be the guy that would get the deal over the line for me. Yeah. He'd be the guy that was like, yeah, Paul, we'll take you up on the option in your contract of doing a new paperback. And I was like, it's mad how that happens. It's, it is mad how that happens. And I would say that, that I think it's this concept of kind of letting go. Yes. The word that you used that was really interested in was you didn't need it. Yeah. Doesn't mean that you don't want it, mm -hmm. but you're not coming from a position of neediness. Yeah. I think that people get into this place with money where they, it's almost like if we looked at it like this, they are putting, they want heat from the fire mm -hmm. before they put the logs on. Mm -hmm. They're almost like, well, when you give me heat, I'll put logs on. Yeah. It's almost like the wrong way around. I think yeah. you got to start asking, where could I give more? How could I give more? How could I offer more value? How could I be more interested in people? Where can I offer more? Because pe people keep, people invest in us mm -hmm. because they know that we can add value to their lives. That's it. They know that we can add value because we demonstrate that we can add value. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what most people aren't doing. They're trying to get the money before they, they're like, oh, well, if he gives the money, then I'll give you value. Yeah. I think you've got to be both ways. And it's uh, the worst, here's the worst part. 
Or the best part, it's actually perceived value. Do you know what I mean? Like some people don't get why someone would invest 150 quid in my lowest level pro. They're like, how much? Yeah. 150 quid? Well, it's because they perceive it as valuable. Like that fucking bath thing. Paul, you spent fucking 10 grand on that bath thing. Yeah. I see that as valuable, but some people don't. Yeah. 100%. And it's not even about the money. It's like, well, I want that. Yeah. That would add huge amounts of value to my life because I know that as an entrepreneur, my well-being is my number one asset. Talk to me about this then. What do you think? Is the no- we already mentioned it, but I wrote it down so because I'm I'm really bad at interrupting people because I get too <laughs> excited. If something pops up, I have to ask it straight yeah. away. That's why I have to write things down now. You said that not everyone's cut out for this yeah. entrepreneurial game. Yeah. What do you think is the number one trait that separates somebody that makes a success of being an entrepreneur or somebody that is cut out for it and someone that isn't? If it was just one, would it be resilience? Possibly. I don't know. I mean, you, I think that's a trait that we're going to have to be successful at anything, right? I think you've got to be hugely, hugely passionate. Having you've got to be willing to do whatever it takes. Yeah. All I hear is I'm willing to do whatever it takes, but except not, not except that. Weekends. Oh, I'm not doing the the public speaking bit. Oh, I'll do what you do, but I, oh, I'm not bothered about the. the I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> I will do anything oh, for love. No. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you're glad you haven't got your fucking headphones I on now. I love it, young meatloaf. I'm like a young meatloaf. <laughs> Mortloaf. That's how they call it. <laughs> Paul Mortloaf. I think that, that that I think one of the number one traits we have to have is the ability to handle uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Like this is a Robbins thing. Robbins is like the quality of your life comes down to how much uncertainty you can comfortably handle. I think that anybody that wants certainty in business is destined to fall fucking flat because there isn't any. There isn't, I don't think there's any, in fact, these days, I think that you hear all the time people want to start businesses, but they're like, oh, but I've got the security of a job. I'm like, actually, there's no fucking security in a job now either. There's absolutely, I'd rather. Because if you're in a job, you're relying on, I think you're relying on somebody else to be good at their job for you to keep yours. But I think business boils down to you have to be comfortable with uncertainty. Yeah. Like, I thrive on that. Like, I love the uncertainty. Is it going to work? I don't know, but that's the exciting part. If it doesn't work, great. But how do I fucking make it work? A lot of people wait for the perfect time as well, which will never come. No. When we started, when we got into property, it was like, what about Brexit? The property market is saturated. You know, it's you're constantly being, you, you've been, I refuse to be bound by the limitations of others. Some are well-intended, others are just... yeah. Sad, poisonous, jealous fucks, yeah. you know, which I'm probably not meant to say, but yeah. it, it's true. But even from the well-intentioned people, they're not, you mentioned about your family, they're not necessarily people. If I want financial advice, I'll go to someone that's hugely successful, they're a multimillionaire. If I want fitness advice, you're not going to fit auntie, uh, fat Auntie Sue. You know, you're going to go to no. someone that's up to speed with their nutrition. Got I'd take vaccine body. advice from fat Auntie Sue, though. <laughs> anti-vaxxer, anti-vaxxer Auntie Sue. <laughs> Well, I think I'll get on with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, talk to me about, because you just mentioned it there, then. This is something that I want to talk about the importance of having a coach, having a mentor. Yeah. Like, how, how much of an impact has that had? Oh, it, I mean, I have a coach for every, every eventuality. <laughs> me too. You know what I mean? If I start running, I need a running coach. You yeah. know, it's, I, I'm literally like that. I've got still in my property mastermind, a high level property mastermind. Mm-hmm. I'm in um, Nick James's seven figure mastermind with yourself. Mm-hmm. I've, um, I'm also in a work with Rob Moore and his personal brand, mm-hmm. a small uh, group of people that he's working with. Yeah. To, 
to do all of that kind of thing. So, yeah, you can learn, you can make your mistakes. People have got their own views. At the moment, I don't offer any sort of coaching, so I feel like I can be quite objective with this. We said earlier, you know, it's all on YouTube, but it just depends if you want to fast-track your success, if you want that level of accountability. If you want to be around a higher level of thinking to expand, when you're around people who are decamillionaires and billionaires, not that everything's about money. What's a decamillionaire? uh, When you've got 10 million plus in the bank. nice. All right. Yeah, I learned that one from Rob. Yeah, I like that. Deck a millionaire. They just talk in a different way. You know, they're not just sat having mm-hmm. low-level conversation. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's just a different way of thinking. They have higher standards. They have higher standards. Yeah. They know how to get things done. It's the standards that they set for themselves as well as their team. Yeah. I once heard a saying, which was, why would I learn? There's the concept of learning from your own mistakes, but that's expensive. Yeah. What's less expensive is learning from someone else's mistakes. I can't remember who said that. Might have been Rob, actually. It's, uh, yeah, no, no, I, I fully agree with it. So I will always have coaches and mentors. I like to be around like-minded people. I get mm-hmm. so much energy. I just love being at, at in-person events and mm-hmm. in mastermind groups. And mm-hmm. I can't fucking wait to get to an in-person event. Oh, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. Yeah, we've got some, what have we got coming up? We've got uh, London IFS. We've got speaking in Bulgaria, September. We've wow. got, uh, what else have we got? We've got me live show. At the time, theatre, a thousand people, which is going to be fucking mad. Uh, it's a, it's a, uh, yeah, live events are the fucking shit. So, um, what are you working on right now? Well, fingers crossed, we're going to have a street landing in. Uh, That's in, mad. Whereabouts? That'll be in Sheffield, yeah, 20, 24 houses. Um, we're just appraising a, a huge, big city centre place in Bradford at the minute, which would be. Um, like 50 apartments so it's really scaling up quite significantly from where we're at at the minute mm-hmm. the majority of our although we've got a multi-million pound property portfolio it's made up of single lets and HMOs so it'd be nice to start yeah. really getting in the, the juicier stuff yeah um, yeah public speaking the podcasting absolutely loving the podcasting just getting around what's the podcast called on on a mission on a mission yeah. on a mission and you are on a mission and we can listen to that on Spotify yeah, Apple, Apple Podcast. All of them, yeah. We're on YouTube. Yeah, we're on YouTube. And that YouTube game's fucking. It's no joke that YouTube game to crack. It's hard. Um, yeah. It's hard. It blows me fucking head off. It's like, I'm like, hang on a second. I've got sixteen thousand downloads on Spotify, but twelve people have watched this video. Yes, this is my problem. At the it's moment. mad. It's mad. I'm like, how the fuck are people not watching this shit? It's, it's so weird. It's really weird, isn't it? Because it's a better experience watching it visually, I think. I don't understand. It's like you mentioned you're off to London to do three podcasts. Yeah. I'm bringing my team, you know, you're bringing all your recording, bringing your team up and down the country. Yeah. You're producing some really good videos. It's mad, isn't it? And then three people are fucking watching it. It's mad, isn't it? <laughs> it's funny sometimes I think, fucking hell, that's a banger. People love that and then yeah. no one watches it. It's like that with social media though, isn't it? I can oh, just me in. so much effort into a post and it'll yeah. just bomb. Yeah. And then I'll just throw something out and it'll go viral. It's weird. It is weird, isn't it? Yeah, we've got um, actually a guest on next Monday, a guy called Matt Abe, and um, he's head chef at Ramsey's Restaurant, Yeah, and I'm so fucking excited to speak to him because we watch so many cooking programs, particularly Ramsey ones, I'm like, why the fuck would anyone want that job? Yeah. You ever think that? Yeah. You ever think, listen, I love eating in lovely restaurants, but who the fuck would take that chef yeah, job? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Imagine how stressful that is. So, Ellie, yes. what would your number one tip be for somebody that wants to get started in your game? Well, I would just say, 
firstly, just do it. There is no perfect time. You're better to start now and master your craft as you go along. But whether it's property, whether it's the fire protection, whether it's podcasting, whatever, you find someone that you resonate with that's further down the path that you want to travel mm. and um, go deep. Yeah, know? yeah, I love it. My favourite thing about this podcast today is that you have celebrated and pushed the fact that mindset matters most. Like, it's like, you're like, the property's not the thing for me. Because, yeah. and it's like, you can know, and I'm sure there are people that were on that property course with you, right, back then. When was that, 2016? Yeah, yeah. There would have been people that were on that property course with you in 2016 who still haven't done anything. Mm-hmm. There'll have been people that have been, uh, or in masterminds that you've been in, yeah. and programs that you've been in with Rob, etc. that still aren't doing anything. And the difference really isn't knowledge, it's mindset. It's the ability to handle uncertainty. I, I think it's the most important thing, but I think just for balance, because I talk so much around the mindset and I'm a great believer your business can only grow to the same extent that you do. Yeah. Sometimes it might just sound a little bit fluffy. You need to do the fucking work as well, guys. You need to be shit hot at what you do. You need to master your craft. Yeah, knowledge done, cook rice. Yeah. You know, all, all of that is fantastic. Yeah. But ultimately, if we weren't able to deliver, we'd come unstuck very quickly. Let's let's touch on this then. I was actually gonna cut I was actually gonna wrap it up there, but you you, you mentioned it and and I really want to touch it. But we mentioned that just working on your mindset can be a little bit fluffy. What is it? If it is, so is it- What's working on your mindset? Like what? What's your definition of well? All right, how do I, how do I work on my mindset? What is it like? So for, so it's a really interesting question because mindset's always thrown out, particularly in a podcast world. Yes. Oh, you got to work on your mindset. Like what is it? To me, it's becoming the best version of myself. Yeah, it's every day. I, all I want to do every day is be better than the version of myself that was here yesterday. How do you know you're getting better? The compound effects, phenomenal. How you deal with stress? So for success for me is happiness. Yeah. It's it's calmness. Yeah. It's peace, and all the other things come along with that. Your physical health, your you know your, your money in your bank. So the different ways that you can get that success, that happiness, is, mm-hmm. you know, is for you to create. Yeah. But that for me is is happiness. So. What is mindset? Becoming the best version of myself. For me, the worst thing would be to lie on my deathbed, hopefully many years from now, and not think that I'd given it my best shot. You know, we only have one crack at this. But you also need your law of attraction, firm believer in all of that, meets your law of action. You've got to do the work. I love that you've said that. I love that you said that because I get asked about the law of attraction on my Instagram every day and I'm like, it wouldn't exist without the word action. Yes. You can fucking sit there wishing all you want, but I think putting those two things together... Action's yeah. the only fucking answer. Yep. I love it. I love it. Ellie Mackay, where can everyone find out more about you? Oh, everywhere. LinkedIn, everywhere. Facebook, YouTube, podcast, on the mission podcast. Type in Ellie Mackay semi and you'll easily find it. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie Mackay, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having Amazing. me, Paul. Thank you.